sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Oh God, you purchased your people with your blood and at a very high cost. I pray that your will concerning them and not my will will be done. I pray for seeing eyes and hearing ears. I pray for hearts of understanding. I pray that the word of God will penetrate and go forth. And I pray that we will be conformed to the image of your son. I come against any territorial spirit. I come against any demonic hold and influence over your people and over every flesh. And I pull down every stronghold of the enemy. And I say, oh God, let your Holy Spirit brood over us. Holy Spirit, take control and have your way in Jesus' name. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the infilling of your Holy Spirit. I pray that you will cleanse this vessel of clay and use it and grant it supernatural utterance. Let me speak as of the oracles of God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may take your seats, please. Hallelujah. Well, I'm very happy to be here this evening for our first night of the Daughter You Can Make It convention. Hallelujah. And I want to salute every lady here. Like Reverend Kinsley said, I always tell you that man was made directly from the soil. But woman was made from the side of man. So without apologies, women are a refined version. Hallelujah. And I came to encourage your hearts this evening that we may not have scarred missiles. We may not have patriot missiles. We may not have tankers and helicopters that fight the Iraqi war. But our weapons are still powerful. Because when I look in the Bible, I see that the weapons that God uses in the hands of women, they look weak. Sometimes they look like the beggarly elements of this world. But when you see what those things are able to accomplish you know that God has made you women in a very unique way. When I look at Eve, it was an apple. She didn't need an army. She didn't need to be the general commander of the army, of military services. Just an apple. Changed destiny and eternity forever. When I look at Delilah, it was just a pair of laps. Amen. Just her lap. You see, she may not have a lot of armory, a lot of muscle, but just her lap. Reduced something to nothing. 
The Bible says that by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought not to a loaf, not to a slice, but to a piece of bread. A piece is smaller than a slice. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage us as women that we have what you call influence. When you look at Moses' mother, if she had not obeyed God in making a wicker basket to preserve the life of a man who would change generations to come, it wouldn't have come to pass. But she could have looked down on herself and said, a wicker basket. What can a wicker basket do? But her weaving that basket and putting it on a river is what brought the Israelites out of Egypt. So we must never look down on the things that God places in our hands and seems to use. Hallelujah. I believe that Mary, the mother of Jesus, just offered her virginity. And God was able to use that. There's a woman in the Bible called Jael. And, and, and she comes on the scene at a time when Israel is being ruled by judges. And at a point, they don't have anybody to lead them. And a man goes to see Deborah, the judge, who was also a wife. And say that lead us into battle. And Deborah says, I'll lead you. But the honor will come to a woman and not you. And so Sisera, the Syrian lord, was really harassing Israel. And they fought and fought and fought. And the armies were running away. And Sisera, the head, he went into the tent of jail. And jail gave him milk to drink. And just milk. Everybody say, just milk. Only milk. And then he slept. And when he slept, Jael took just one nail and drove it through his temples. And that was the end of the Syrian army. Our weapons are powerful women. And I encourage you to use it for the right things. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Eve was deceived, but Adam was not deceived. But it just took Eve to prepare the food and put apple in and give him. And that is where we are today. And when God came, he said, what is this that you have done? I believe he could see cancer, disease, broken relationships, infidelity, all the HIV. God could see the future. And what Eve's little, seemingly little act of an apple had caused and cost mankind. So I want to encourage you. What is it that you have in your hands? It may not be the army. It may not be armory or machinery. But it is something powerful that God can use. Hallelujah. I want to also salute your general overseer and all the pastors seated here. And I want to thank them for the opportunity of giving, them, giving me their pulpit to stand in. And I want to salute all the pastors, the lady pastors. I cannot mention all your names, but thank you for being here. And thank you for believing in me. Amen. Amen. I pray that God will bless you. Thank you also on behalf of my husband, the bishop. It is because of supporters like you that the vision that God has given him can go far. So God bless you. And I pray that this evening your expectation will not be cut off. Hallelujah. This evening, as I was meditating to come and preach, you know, sometimes you want to preach something else because you may be tempted to look on preaching like a research program. And so this has been discovered already. It has been preached. So God, I want to preach something, but it is what God wills for his children to hear that you must preach about. 
So this evening, I want to speak to you about daughter, birth your dreams. Daughter, birth your dreams. Hallelujah. Let's go to Genesis chapter 35. Thirty-seven, actually. Genesis thirty-seven. We'll read in bits and pieces, okay? We'll start reading from verse two to four, and then we pick the verses as we go along. These are the records. Are we there? Some of you, you know where to get the latest skirts, the latest scarf, but you don't know where to find the books of the Bible. May the Lord deliver us. Amen, ladies. These are the records of the generations of Jacob. Joseph, when 17 years of age, was pasturing the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a very colored tunic or a coat of many colors. And his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers. And so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Then Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, please listen to this dream which I have had. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Then his brothers said to him, are you actually going to reign over us? Or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Number nine. Now, verse 9, now he had still another dream and related it to his brothers and said, Lo, I've had still another dream and behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. Verse 11, and his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. Verse 13, and Israel said to Joseph, I know your brothers pasturing the flock in Shechem. Come and I'll send you to them. And he said to him, I will go. Verse 14, then he said to him, go now and see about the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the flock and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron and he came to Shechem. And a man found him and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, what are you looking for? And he said, I'm looking for my brothers. Please tell me where they are pasturing the flock. Then the man said, they have moved from here. For I've heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. When they saw him from a distance, before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. And they said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Now then come and let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. And we will say a wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. Verse 25, then they sat down to eat a meal, and as they raised their eyes and looked, behold, a caravan of Ishmaelites was coming from Gilead with their camels, bearing aromatic gum and balm and myrrh on their way to bring them down 
to Egypt. Hallelujah. I believe that this is a very popular story. And if you went to Sunday school, then you had the opportunity of hearing the story of Joseph. Hallelujah. And Lady Pastor, why are you talking about birthing your dreams tonight? Because I realize that as women, we start at various junctions of our lives. And God gives us a dream or a purpose or a vision or something that lies in the future concerning his purpose for our lives. But just like a woman who has taken seed, it takes time for the dream to mature, hallelujah, and for the dream to be brought forth. But between the taking seed and the dream being brought forth, there are so many things in between. Hallelujah. Sometimes people have morning sickness. They also have feelings of discomfort. Sometimes people throw up all the time, or they have loss of appetite, or they lose weight, or they see colors and then they start to feel dizzy. Different things happen. And you realize that even your normal clothes, you are not able to wear them again. Because when you wear them, there's a form of discomfort. And you become more amorphous as the months go by. Hallelujah. It is all the birth process before the baby can come. But within the time of taking seed and the time of giving birth, you have to prepare and you have to face the different events that come your way in a certain way in order that the baby can be healthy and come out all right. Hallelujah. I realize that in our personal lives, so many things come along that are bought God's purpose for our lives. The Bible says that he has called us according to his purpose and according to his grace. I'm sorry, it's not because of your purpose, but according to his purpose. Hallelujah. And many of us, we have our own personal purposes. Small, 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 small personal projects. And it doesn't even occur to us that as I have these projects, and what is God's plan? What is the bigger picture? It doesn't occur to us. All our dreams are, I want to marry a man who is six foot four. I want to marry a man who will not hurt me. Nobody exists like that. I'm sorry. There's no man on earth who will not hurt you. It doesn't exist. Amen, ladies. I want to marry a man who will treat me this way. How do you know the future from the present? You cannot do that. Hallelujah. I want to um, further my education and I want to end up being in this profession and that profession. All that is good. But the reason why we walk on all those roads is so that his purpose will be fulfilled. And his purpose involves our everyday lives. His purpose involves the different roads that we walk upon. But we have to keep focused so that we may end up where God wants us to be. Hallelujah. I want to say first of all that your dream must come from God. Hallelujah. It is not what you dream for yourself, but what God dreams for you. Because in Joseph's account, he was just there. And then God sent a dream to Joseph. It wasn't Joseph who said, I want to dream this dream. But God brings you the dream. And many times, the dream looks ordinary. It looks like something in everyday life. Um, when God starts to do things, he doesn't come often with thunder and lightning. You see, when Elijah went into the cave, the Bible says that 
There was a strong wind. There was fire. But God was not in it. God was in a still small voice. And so the way that the dream will come to you, or God's purpose will come to you, look at it and say, because it didn't come with thunder and lightning and stars, I don't think that God is in it. But God is in it all right. Hallelujah. So Joseph had this dream that he was binding sheaves with his brothers and then he stood in the middle. His sheaves stood up. He stood up and then all the other, he stood up and all the other sheaves bowed down to him. Already the brothers had issues with him. Because the Bible says that his father had made him a technicolored coat of many colors because he was the son of his old age. I tell you, the child of your old age is different from the child of your youth. I'm telling you from experience. Believe it. The firstborn, you have a lot of zeal and energy to correct, to shout. To, but by the fourth, you are tired. And you just say, oh, why are you doing this? Stop it. And even when she doesn't stop it, you smile. Why? Because you've seen all that before. And then the older ones say, eh, when she does this, you don't even correct her. And you just, uh, you are very partial. You like being, it's not partiality, it's pension, it's retirement. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen, ladies. Yeah. My little daughter, she's the only child who has slept in our room up to the age of five. She'll be six in August. She just comes and we just allow but when the older ones were growing up, as soon as you were one, you were transferred to your room. But this one, she does as she likes. She's not spoiled, but her terms are softer. Amen. Because she's the child of our old age. Hallelujah. So those of you who have no experience, I'll encourage you to go four times and then you will know what it's like. Amen. But the Bible says that Joseph's brothers hated him because he brought an evil report to his father about the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah. Now, this Bilhah and Zilpah came on the scene because of the rivalry, envy, and jealousy of Leah and Rachel. And Rachel did not know that as she was battling with her sister, she said, oh, Bilhah has given birth. I also go for Zilpah. We'll give birth. She said, I've wrestled with my sister, and we have prevailed. You know, this type of things, the women's things. Do you understand? And when she's dead and gone, it is this same Bilhah and Zilpah, children who rise up against Joseph. Often as women, we don't like to trace chain effects that I did this. And so based on that, this and this and this unfolded. We just look at one and then we say, how come I'm at 10? How come I'm at 10? It's because you took step one. And then you took two and three and four and five and followed. Hallelujah. We should know that the effects of the things we do are so far-reaching. And we should never see just around us, you know, just this small decision. That It's not a small decision. What Eve did was not just a small decision. It was for eternity. And I pray that God will open our eyes to see how far-reaching our actions are so that we will be women who walk with wisdom. And not foolish women, as the Bible says. Hallelujah. But the Bible says they hated him because of his dreams. Because of God's purpose on your life. And because of what God wants to perform in your life. You will come against a lot of opposition. Hallelujah. On the road to birthing your dreams. 
as soon as your purpose, your vision, the direction God wants to give you shows up, opposition will also stand up. Hallelujah. And then he, he, told he was hated already. Then he came to say his dream. And the Bible says they hated him even more. Hallelujah. Do not think that when God calls you, it means you are going to lie in a bed of ease. And by calling, I don't mean only the fivefold ministry, but I mean that calling you to his purpose and to his grace. Whatever he calls you for, he gives you grace for. Hallelujah. And so Joseph's father sent him. And because I think that Joseph did not know as a child the extent of the enmity of his brothers. Otherwise, he would not have gone. But when his father said, he said, I will go. That's what the Bible says. He said, I will go. He said, go and see how they are, the welfare of the flock, and bring me a report. So he went. And when he went, he got to Shechem. The brothers were not there. How many of you know that if it were us, we would have said that if only when I went and they were not there, I had gone back. What if? But he met a man who said, oh, I heard your brother saying they were going to Dothan. And the Bible says that Joseph followed to go to Dothan. I want to tell you that in the pursuit of your God-given dream, you will come to places where you will ask yourself, what if I hadn't gone? What if I had not taken that decision? What if I had not made that choice? God, all these things would not have happened. But even our what-ifs are things that God uses to bring about his plan. And even what if is something that God uses as raw material. Sometimes our what-ifs are often mistakes. Our what-ifs are things that we feel were in our power that we could have changed, that we didn't change. And some of us live so much in the what-if that we never progress in what God wants to do. Hallelujah. Joseph could have stayed in Potiphar's house and thought all the time, what if? What if when I went to Shechem and there were not, what if I hadn't followed on to look for them in Dothan? What if I had stayed and gone back to my father that I didn't find them? What if? The Bible says that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. If you don't love God, this verse does not apply to you. And to them that are called according to his purpose. If you are not called according to his purpose, you are doing your own purpose. This verse does not apply to you. It's to those who love him. And to those who are the called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. And the brother said, here comes the dreamer. You see, your vision or the God-given dream will later become your personality. That is what they will use to describe you. And when they use it to describe you, it's often not in a laudable way. It's often in a despicable way to despise you. Hey, now you are a Muruti, eh? Bazalwani, eh? It is because that is your purpose that God has called you to. Hey, now you are in Fundis, eh? In Fundis. He had a name just for two dreams. They say, here comes a dreamer. Here comes a dream. And they started to plot against him before he could ever get there. It wasn't here comes Joseph. It wasn't here comes our brother. It was here comes a dreamer. 
you will be surprised how many forces are unleashed against you just because of God's purpose for your life. Hallelujah. Here comes the dreamer. And many times you feel like giving up because the main thing that Satan is after is to kill God's purpose concerning your life. And everybody that God calls, Satan attempts to kill the woman's seed early. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God said, I'll put enmity between the serpent and yourself and between your seed and his seed. That was a woman's part of the woman's punishment. And you can see that when Moses came, as soon as the Hebrew boys were born, the people were standing there to kill them. And God just sent two midwives because Moses was a child of promise. Two midwives who decided that we wouldn't do it. Shipra and Pua who would just do something else. Those are the two midwives. Jesus, Herod killed all boys two years and under in the whole of Israel. The Bible says Rachel and her daughter, children were lamenting and weeping and wailing. And the only thing that saved him was that God told them to take the child and fly, take flight to Egypt. So usually the seed of a woman is something that Satan attacks. Whatever be your seed, whatever be your purpose, it is something that Satan comes across and after. The Bible says that as Joseph was approaching, the brothers took a plan about him. When he got there, they stripped him of his coat of many colors. Beloved, if you are to pursue God's dream, your identity should not be in things. Who you are should not be defined by what you wear. Who you are should not be defined by what people say or what your father gave you or made you. But who you are should be what God's purpose is for your life. Let them take the coat. God's dream will still live on. Hallelujah. The, the bone of contention, what brought the jealousy was a coat of many colors. And they thought that you are what you wear. You are what you have. You are what man makes you. You are what is made for you. But you are what God makes you. And what God purposes for you to be. Hallelujah. Many women wallow in low self-esteem because they see themselves as what people have made them. When you were a child, what you were told that you were, that is what you believe that you are. Hallelujah. When you were growing up, what your teacher told you that you are daft. When you learn, you don't seem to know. And you have accepted all these things. For some of us, that is a coat of many colors. But if you are to birth your dreams... God would take away that image that is not really you and give you his purpose and his dream for your life. And when that coat is taken, it will seem painful. It will seem as if, who am I then? What's my identity? Some of us, we feel that our image is our marriage. So when you are filling the forms that you write, my, uh, uh, status, uh, marriage, you take say, yes. Marriage is a blessing. But marriage cannot be what makes you who you are. You must be who you are in God before you marry. It is not the man who comes to stamp upon you that you are this. It is God who said that before you were a clot of blood in your mother's womb, I knew you. Hallelujah. And I called you. And I ordained you for my purpose. 
We have to meditate on it until it becomes a reality. He said, come, let us take off his coat. When we take it, everything will cease. But the dream could not be taken. The dream, the vision, the purpose of God is not something that man can just mishandle anyhow. And many times we get obsessed with what man is doing to us because we don't believe in the power of God's purpose. Hallelujah. God's purpose is greater than all these things. And God will strip you of all the things that are not him. Sometimes the blessings of God, that's what you use as your identity. Oh, I drive a Benz, so I'm important. You are not important because you drive a Benz. You are important because the Bible said that he who did not spare his son, but gave him up for us for a ransom, would he not with him also freely, if he has given you his only begotten son, what is a Benz? Hallelujah. What is a wedding ring? There's some people when they marry, say, hello, hi, how are you? Good night. You know? Marriage is a blessing, but it's not everything. And they stripped him of his coat of many colors. And they put him in a waterless pit. And the Bible says they sat down to have a meal. You see, to them, they were just doing an everyday thing. As I was reading this passage this morning, and I got to that place, I started to weep. I said, God, why is it that it is the people who are closest to you who should encourage your vision and your purpose? They are the ones who fight you the most. They are the ones who don't believe in you the most. And they are the ones who take the coat from you. Why? But I believe that God takes every prop and every support. Do you know why? So that we'll focus on him. And him alone. Hallelujah. I think I can say with all grace and humility that I am not in the ministry because I'm the bishop's wife. But I'm in the ministry because I believe that that is God's purpose for my life. And I know that when I go to heaven, they won't say, okay, Bishop and Mrs. Ward Mills, come. Uh, shared anointing. Anointing partnership. So how is it? No. The Bible says we each will give an account of what has been done in our body. Can you not see that Adam and Eve had different judgments and sentences? Can you not see? God didn't say, oh, Adam and Eve, couple, come. Even in court, they don't give couples judgment. They give you and your husband, even if it's the same crime. Hallelujah. And so we have to know that each and every one of us is called according to his purpose and his will. But they sat down to have a meal. And some Midianite traders were just passing. Many times when God does something supernatural, it is in seemingly natural situations. And because of that, we feel that it's not God. And we feel that, no, if God were in it, it would not be as ordinary. But usually, God uses natural things and makes them supernatural. Hallelujah. When you look at the life of Ruth, what happened is that Naomi said that, well, there's now a famine in Moab. I'm just moving back to Israel. I'm moving back to Bethlehem, the house of bread. That's all I'm doing. But it was more than that. God had prepared Boaz. The woman at the well, she thought she was doing a daily chore. I'm just going to fetch water. But Jesus had made a detour through Samaria. The Bible said he had need to go through Samaria for the sake of that woman. But she thought that it's just in the afternoon. I'm just going to fetch water as usual. But the natural things are the things that God uses to do supernatural things in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
And when the traders got there, the interesting thing is that the Bible says that they were dealing in mare, balm, and something else, not human beings. They were not slave traders. The Bible tells us what they were selling. Three things, but no human being issue. They just seemed to be passing. And then the brothers had an idea. At first, they were going to leave him in the pit. Thank God it was a waterless pit. And then they said, okay, these people are coming. Let's just sell him, take his coat, dip it in blood, go and show it to our father that an animal has killed him. We should not be over-concerned about opposition or your enemy's desire for you. It doesn't matter. There's nothing that happens to us without God knowing. There's nothing that happens to us without God having a hand in it. And if we would only even grasp that, we'll have so much peace in our lives. Because we'll know that nothing happens by chance. Bishop has a powerful sermon like that. Nothing happens by chance. Hallelujah. So then when they get to Egypt, then they sell him to Potiphar. And Potiphar happens to be a captain of the bodyguard guards of the king's palace. And it all looks like, oh, he just happened to go to Potiphar's house. But it's all part of God weaving his purpose in Joseph's life. I will tell you one thing. As you walk along in coming to the place where God has purpose to bring you, you will come to areas in your life where your reality does not match your dream. Because your dream was that your brothers, your father, they will all come and bow down before you. Now where they should be bowing down before you, that's not where you are. You are in Egypt. They don't live there. They don't ever come there. They have no business there. And so when you look at it, from the purpose and dream I had, and from where I am now, there's no link. There's nothing that when I look at in my reality, it matches what God has said concerning me, that he will use me this way. I think that my reality and my dream, my God-given expectation, they don't match. But it's all part of the junctions that you will get to. And when you get to such a junction, Lady Pastor, what do we do? You walk by faith and not by sight. In fact, if we don't walk by faith, we'll give up in this life. Because if you look at what you see, what you feel, what you hear, what you experience, you will have cause to give up. But the Bible says about Abraham, who against hope, believed in hope. Sometimes you get to places when it is against hope. Hallelujah. I always say, you see Ash. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewitt Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi. Or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.